You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel San Angelo and Trey Harris. If his brains ran down, how could he talk? It happens to people all the time, Jack. Tie the corn leaves to the sofa, quick! Belina, help him. Oh, we need to have a cord. Thank, well, hurry! Thank goodness, Dorothy. I am all right now. Go to the door and look out for Mombi. All right, Dorothy. Because we don't want Mombi interrupting this podcast <laughs> on our final request month, sure requested by none other than the lovely stuff. wife of our producer Jesse Sedgley, Melissa Sedgley, who happens to be here mm. today. Because she lives here. Strangely enough. <laughs> but uh, yeah, episode 95, Return to Oz, as mentioned, requested by Melissa Sedgley. Of course, this is Age Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. As I mentioned before, the producer and his lovely wife here today, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. Or yes, she is. Jesse Mombi. Because you have different heads on every time I see you. Oh, yeah, it's true. Uh, this Again, this brings a close to request. But then a good one for a close to this, because when you shut your eyes after you see this movie... You don't want to reopen them because there's so many terrifying things that await you when you open them because of the nightmares that this film gives children. And they see it in a theater when they're five years old and they go home and they don't ever want to go outside again because they're terrified of this film. But more on that later. Uh, IMDb gives it a 6.7. Rotten Tomatoes, 55% critics, 71% audience. Every movie this we've done over this uh, request month has been a real winner with the audiences, at least, as opposed to the critics. Yeah, probably the cult status of these things. Yeah. Uh, budget was tw- estimated at $25 million, opened at two point eight. domestic gross at $11.1. No info on the worldwide, but I'm pretty sure it didn't make its money back. All right. Yeah, uh, it was directed by Walter Murch. He did one episode of The Clone Wars, and but he's more so noted for his work on the sound depart- in the sound department uh, with such credits as The Godfather 2 and 3. Uh, it was written by Gil Dennis and Walter Murch. Uh, they didn't really write anything else for the most part. Uh, the first screen appearance of Feruza Balk as Dorothy, of course. Oh, Walter her... Murch is more of an editor, it looks like. Just uh, to give him did. credit. Oh, he did the, re- yeah, no. the remake of The Wolfman in Cold Mountain. Oh, and Cold The English Mountain. Patient. So, yeah, oh, he's yeah. an editor. So, if you edit, keep the editing. Don't try to write. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson, obvious in point, Return to Oz. Yeah. Uh, of course, Feruza Balk, known for The Craft, American History X, The Waterboy. Uh, she was kind of one of those actresses like a lot of people thought she was pretty but I like I don't know I was like "Eh, she's too weird looking to me that's just me I don't know what it is it's like all of her features belong you know there's like old things in the back in the day where they had like a pair of eyes a nose and a mouth you can mix and match them (laughs) it looks like somebody just spun them and they landed and that's and we ended up with Farooza Ball she's not ugly by any means but she's just kind of I don't know there's something about her that's unattractive to me I don't know I'm just saying. Melissa, you can chime in if you want. I know you're not a lesbian, but... Oh. It looks like Tim Curry in that picture from Rocky Horror. Which one? The one you had the mouse on. Oh, and of course, you people can't see it because you're listening. Yeah, yeah. Hey, of course, but, uh, it wasn't her choice of how she looked in the, the film if she was only eight. <laughs> so. Oh, she's responsible. Yeah. She yeah, should have known better. Shame on you for looking like you do. down the center pigtail. Uh, she reminds me of that but, other actress, uh, Debbie Mazar, I think's her name. You know what I'm talking about? Older actress. They kind of they look similar know. to me. Anyway. I think it should be said that Trey is not talking about the eight-year-old version. Yeah, of- correct. I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> sick. 
she what? she grow into herself. What was her name? Uh, Debbie Mazar, M A Z A R. Yeah, there we go. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, oh she okay. does she look like her. Like she could be her mom. Yeah, from oh, Entourage. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I find, I think she's prettier than Faruza Bolt. Mm, I, I, I'm not, and again, I'm not saying either one's dropped their gourd. I'm not talking about Angelina Jolie or Xanadu, Olivia Newton, John here. I'm just saying. I like Faruza Bolt better, but that's just me. Hey, you're entitled <laughs> to your opinion. That's what mm-hmm. America's all about. Even if it's wrong, you're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> yep. But uh, anyway, uh, also starring a veteran of the podcast, Nicole Williamson, uh, is Dr. Worley, a.k.a. the Gnome King. But uh, he was recently seen on this podcast in the form of Merlin in Excalibur. But he was also uh, Cogliostro in the 1990s Spawn movie. Uh, Gene Marsh, another veteran of the podcast, more notably known as Bavmorda from Willow, was, but she was Mombi, and also Nurse Wilson. Uh, Piper Laurie from The Faculty was AM. Matt Clark from Back to the Future 3 was Uncle Henry. Uh, Brian Henson, the son of Jim Henson, uh, did the voice of Jack Pumpkinhead. He was also uh, the director of Muppet Christmas Carol. And he's done some, a lot of the other Muppet stuff post Jim Henson's death. He was responsible for, he kind of picked up the uh, mantle of the Henson name and such. Uh, Stephen Norrington was the voice of Gump. Uh, but he kind of went on to direct a lot. He actually directed the first Blade and the Love It or Hate It League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with Sean Connery. Which, fun fact, Sean Connery turned down the role of Saruman to play Alan Quartermain. In League that of was his Gentlemen. last role, I believe. I believe his last so, major yeah. role. Yeah. Before he retired. Mm-hmm. And his birthday wasn't too long ago, actually. Well, a long time ago by the time this airs, but right. uh, the day we're recording it wasn't too long ago. But uh, as we mentioned, this was requested by Melissa right here to my left. Uh, now, Melissa, why did you request this movie? Aside because you wanted to talk about it because you, I assume well, you like it. Well, this is my childhood favorite movie from whenever I was little. Uh, it's what I pretty much was my go-to watched all the time film. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I, I didn't really think of it as like a scary film when I was a little kid, even though like now looking back at it, when I watch it, it's like, gosh, why did I want to watch something like that? You know, with the wheelers and with Mombi and this, you know, Gnome King, you know, I, I don't, I didn't see it the same as I do now. Like it's mm-hmm. one of those movies, it's, it's very much the kind of film when you look back at it once you're an adult and you're like, Think about oh the films that I watched when I was like kids like why <laughs> why, <laughs> why was, this was one I the one? so like this was the my go to film I mean I I watched Wizard of Oz a lot mm-hmm. as a, as a kid as well but there was something about this one that it, it's I think it has a lot to do with the different characters that they had in it with you know they didn't have like Tin Man Scarecrow and Lion mm-hmm. like they did in Wizard of Oz they did have them but they were actual like not people like they were either stuffed puppets or like a real lion it was more in this one about TikTok Jack Pumpkinhead it was introducing Ozma which hadn't happened before mm-hmm. it was all all like this little fantasy this dream of like she's going to get to go back and her being pulled back into into Oz. The only thing that I ever had a problem with when I was little is like, she's supposed to be eight in this film. Like, Fruzavall's first film, she's mm-hmm. like maybe eight, possibly nine at this point. Uh, and Judy Garland just been Dorothy, and she was 19. Yeah. <laughs> so I kept thinking, like, she's going back and she's returning to Oz as a kid. But it's really more suited to 
the storybooks, which I guess mm-hmm. that's yeah. why I liked it so much too, that this movie really does show more of like a storybook version of Oz. So when I would watch it as a kid, it's like I just loved all the little characters in it. But it is a it's a it's a pretty scary film for when you first see it. Oh yeah. Uh, the wheelers just came up on mm-hmm. screen. That was the part that as a the first you know, as a kid a lot of the stuff in the beginning didn't I didn't think about because I was waiting get to Oz get to Oz get to Oz get to, I, and I saw this in the theater at five years old I oh. remember seeing this and I remember that that first wheeler where he comes out because they have their heads on like the, mm-hmm. or that mask on the top of their head so mm-hmm. he's like and I was like oh my god this is so scary <laughs> like yeah, I was like oh my god the wheelers are terrifying and then every other time I ever watched this movie as a kid I, I would look down at the wheeler part that was the first part that just terrified me and uh Oh, the the part about the the yellow brick road. Like when I first saw it, and the yellow brick road was not a yellow brick road. Like it was the sadness of like, oh my goodness, what's happened to Oz? And like just wanting to know more and more about like, okay, what's what's gonna happen now? Like why is the city destroyed, or why mm-hmm. is you know everything happened? And I always I always found interesting that Toto doesn't go with her in this one. Of course, within the story. There's a reason why she has to have a chicken, but that, that damn chicken. <laughs> watching it, I don't. I didn't remember the chicken much as a kid. Like it didn't bother me as a kid. Watching this, I was like, "Shut that fucking thing up!" <laughs> like Dorothy, what you gonna do? Like it's the most stereotypical. It's a country chicken. Mm-hmm. It's like Paula Deen is the chicken. <laughs> it's just it's a little it was racist just like, chicken. Oh god, mm-hmm. kill the chicken. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but then. Of course, uh, this movie was, wasn't on DVD for a long time, so like you know, even I don't know if it, they re, uh, re-released it or anything, but it took me a while to track it down on DVD, you know, because I always remembered it being like, I remember I liked it as a kid, and when I finally got on DVD and watched it several years ago, it's like, I can't believe that this movie didn't terrify me more. Than, no, I can't I, believe my mom sat in that theater and let me watch this after the first ten minutes. I like only ever, us. I only ever watched it on VHS. And the way that I had to get it was to go to the video store mm-hmm. with my mom and rent it over and over and over again. And I would have to request and like my mom would be like, why do you want to watch it again? It's like, because that was the only way I could mm-hmm. get it. Like I couldn't find it just out, like, you know, buy it from the store. Um, I didn't even get the DVD version until as an adult. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, it was one of those, I watched it a lot as a kid um, on on like the VHS, it was like this this big um, treat to be able to like go yeah, and go rent and it and bring it, it home and watch it. I know what I'm doing this weekend, Mom. <laughs> I'm watching Return to Odds over and over. <laughs> we all been there with, the, with all these movies as a kid that were like that for us. Mm-hmm. And the and I want and watching this as an adult, like this movie is genius in a way because Dorothy Gale is a schizophrenic, fucked up kid, right? And like. This movie, honestly, like more so than even the original. I mean, cause again, and, and, and first of all, a disclaimer: this is a sequel in a, in the sense, the same sense that Oz the Great and Powerful was. Disney didn't have the rights to Oz, so that's why you don't see similar to the recent film. There's a lot of things they don't use because of the copyright issue. The same thing they have with the mm-hmm. like in the in the Return to Oz. I mean, uh, Oz the Great and Powerful. They couldn't use a certain shade of green for the witch. They couldn't mention certain things because that's all. The Wizard of Oz MGM version, but mm. all the Oz books are public domain, so that's why the Return to Oz is much more focused and pulls characters from several of the books, like Ozma and, and TikTok. 
um, to be the characters. There's there's whole storybooks of just Ozma herself. There's uh, TikTok of Oz. There's um, entire stories of like just their little travels together. Mm-hmm. And that's why within this, uh, Jack Pumpkinhead is Ozma's son, but he's like got his whole own little entity as well like he's been put under this magical spell and he's being trapped by mombi and that's why mombi's trapped ozma it's it's all of those little storybook characters so when they get towards the uh the end of the film and you see all these different characters within the film it's all of those storybook Mm -hmm. characters all kind of coming together like the um the little couch guy that that just got shown with the, the little fun, the the gump like uh, he's brought about by something that Mombi had with the the powder of life, you know that was some like Mombi's little um, thing that she that uh, she baking has. soda they're spilling all over the place in the film. <laughs> yeah, and the, the thing is like this is a kids movie, and this movie is about a very disturbed little girl that goes and gets electric shock treatment. And has these fan these crazy visions of things, you know. But although in this one, it's a little more like they almost make you make it more like it was real, like Oz is real. But oh, there's that terrifying oh, scene yeah. as a kid, and like uh, <laughs> I scared the shit out of me. Oh. Uh, but it's just like this is a kids movie, and it's literally about a psychotic little girl's imagination. And you do see in this one, Aunt M and Uncle Henry are a little more not on the nice side yeah. of being like the sweet, nice aunt She wants to divorce him, basically. She's like, oh, he's a lazy bastard. Well, pretty much like Aunt M in this one is she is at her wit's end. She's like, I've had enough. It's yeah. been months since this tornado. We're trying to get back on our feet. Like Dorothy just will not sleep. She's become a, an insomniac who talks about nothing but Oz. Well, we got to do something. And she's just to the point where we're going to bring her to this doctor. He's going to wipe her brain and then it's yeah. all going to be done. So I, I find Ann M in this one is just not as... Not that she was ever overly nice to Dorothy in the yeah. original Dorothy. anyway, but mm-hmm. I find she was she was very different. She was differently characterized in this one. Yeah, and this and the thing is again, this is like as I'm watching, I keep telling myself this was a kids movie. This was a kids movie. And let's break it down. The girl first is crazy, goes to get mm-hmm. electroshock shock therapy at an asylum, basically. Then she and then she's in Oz, and the first thing that happens in Oz: don't touch the sand. You'll or don't if you touch the ground, you'll turn to sand. This is mm-hmm. the deadly desert. Okay, oh, that's you know he's, we all play that game like oh don't step on a crack or jump on the tree roots or mm-hmm. you know it's like oh Jesus oh this is like this is real like Dorothy was never under threat of death necessarily in the original Wizard of Oz. I mean the witch would have like you know she locks her up and she, oh the hourglass runs out your time runs out. But I mean it's not like you touch this you're going to die like yeah like scare you know I mean anyway. But, uh, and then let's see, let's see. And then, oh, Mombi, okay. This woman wears different people's heads that she decapitates from pretty girls. And then when she doesn't have the head on, she makes these <laughs> <laughs> sounds. So, like, it's a little esophagus. Like, she's like, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. it's terrifying. Yeah. You got the wheelies before that. And they go to Oz, and everybody's turned to stone. And then, you know, you see the the Tins Woodsman, you know, petrified. And even though he's 10 already, I mean, I don't know why he turned to stone. And then, uh, you know, the lion's petrified. You know, of course, as a kid, you're like, oh, but that's the cowardly lion. And, like, you know, it's like they're turned to stone. They're dead. What's going on here? And then, uh, then of course, Mommy escaped from my end of the gump thing. The fact that they make this thing and it's alive, it to me was terrifying. It's like I'm watching, like, this is actually kind of scary. This thing's like, oh, I, can fly, I can't fly. And then Jack heads, Jack's head is falling off. Uh, he gets 
people are getting eaten by the giant uh, gnome king. The scarecrow in this film is terrifying looking. <laughs> that is a scary oh, fucking thing. It's nothing like the original kind of like. I mean, he's got like the body, but the that head oh. is just like. Look at it. That's fucking scary. Uh, oh goodness! <laughs> like if I would be more, you know, people talk about oh the new Ninja Turtles is nightmare fuel. They look so scary. Like bullshit. Watch this movie. <laughs> this movie, like if you like, you know, got really drunk or did something else to get a little. A different feeling going on in the brain. You watch this movie, you'd be tripping balls. When look, when the gnome king dies, that's terrifying. And this is a kid's yeah, it's movie. Like everything is like falling apart. But then, it's so weird. In this one, I felt I felt a real connection with certain character. Like TikTok, he's he's got this. I just think of uh, like, TikTok. Um. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok's the best character you know, in this whole oh, thing. He's, he's got such Wilford a guardian Brimling. role. Like he wants to be that protector and guardian of of Dorothy, but yet, of course, you got to wind him up. So he's constantly like his brain stops working, and then his arm starts working. It's like he's always falling apart on you. That's like an, <laughs> and works, that's awesome for the character. Like you know, like yeah. oh, like like TikTok's gone crazy. He's like I'm me, I'm me, I'm me. Like my brain went ran down. It's like, and so and then like you know, he, and he's like he's like the uh, the lovable one. Because I, Jack, I, I mean, I wish this, when he falls, like, it would just smash his pumpkin head because he's annoying. Like, Mom! And he's creepy as hell, too. He's like, oh. Mom! Can I, can you be my mom? It's like, God, this thing is scary. You know, but TikTok's all, ever since I was a kid, like, I love TikTok just because, you know, he fights off the wheelies. And he's like, uh, you know, he, and he's like, he, he has that clever thing in the end. He's like, I pretended not to move so I could tell you. You know, he helps her. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he's actually really smart. He's a good character. He just looks like a... A sewage pump, Wilford Brimley. He does, and then and, and I go, I want to watch it. When he cries, I'm like, that is so sad. Mm. That is so sad. And he's like, oh, you know, and he, he basically quote unquote dies. You know, when the, when you touch that and you turn into the item in the end, and it's just like, oh, yeah, like he and he's crying. And she's off. like, oh, TikTok. He's like, he's like, it it won't hurt because I'm not alive. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh, you are alive. Yeah, you know, it's like it's he so gives of himself so that just like, uh, you can, so you can have like another chance. Like, yeah. watch what I turn into so that you can try to find the scarecrow. It's like he just gives of himself. He gives of himself. To, it's for to let Dorothy have like another chance. He's always trying to help. Yeah. Help Dorothy, even though there's not much. <laughs> even pictures do. with. The- <laughs> if you got diabetes, you <laughs> might not be TikTok. <laughs> so he's so cute. Well, I love whenever she Wilford, first finds him. I mean, uh, TikTok, not Wilford Brindley. Yeah, like when she first finds him in that little room, it's because she's trying to hide from the wheelers and that little eyeball in, inside the in the door. And and he's just like he's just standing there. And when and when she first meets him, it's one of those just like, okay, now we're friends. And yeah. let's, let's go oh, on our here, way. This let's scarecrow go. put me in here to protect you. Because he knew that the wheelies would chase you to this one room with the key where I would be. But luckily, because it's all a mental delusion, it all makes sense. Well, because this girl's (laughs) fucked up. Yep. Well, like at the very beginning, whenever, you know, she's out in the farmyard with uh, Belina and, you know, she's going to check Belina's little nest and it's like, no egg again. You know, Belina never, um, Mm -hmm. you know, never lays the egg. And she finds the key. It's like, Oh, they must have sent this from Oz. This is my key that they're they're looking for. It's like, oh my gosh, you were delusional. Yeah, and the, like, and it's like that's the key to this old house or whatever. It's like it's not Oz, yes. but it's just like. And the thing is, like when I'm a kid, no, Oz is real, and that's why I think this movie, in a sense, is such so genius because it's a kids' movie oh, yeah. about a mentally disturbed girl, and mm-hmm. you get sucked into her world. 
Like, and she's not like a good character per se. She's just, you know, oh, I gotta do this because it's, you know, it's well, never meant, you know, it's not, you know, it never says that this is in her head, it, but it, no, this is all this crazy bitch's mind. Which well, that whole is why opening, it's genius to me. And that whole opening sequence when the doctor's talking to her, which just like in, in The Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. all these characters who she knows before, like the doctor and the nurse, or then later the the king and, and mommy, like when they're talking with her first and they're wheeling her down the, the hallway and they're putting her in the room and she just sits there and then all of a sudden she like wakes up and then boom, like there's a girl there. It's like that... that point in the film like right there from the get-go it's like gosh okay something is wrong with Mm. this girl (laughs) like something is wrong with dorothy she has gone over like beyond the rainbow (laughs) at this point (laughs) because now she's seeing like random people in her room and it just shows up to give her food like and, and she acts like there's no big deal like oh okay she's supposed to be here she's coming to bring me food thanks all right bye and to be honest, up until the recent Oz the Great and Powerful, that's the first movie that basically where Oz is real. You know, it's not a delusion with him. Mm. Although it could, you, I guess you could make the argument. But in the original right. Wizard of Oz, it's a dream. In this, it's her psychotic delusion. Because she, pretty much like they have that little device go over her head, and they're fixing to pull the, the switch, and then all of a sudden, you know, blackout, and you could kind of tell like. What really happened? I mean, yeah, like, I mean I, to, to me, it's like she's getting. Sh- this is her getting yeah, shot. Like, like this is, is her really memories. Leave, like this is like, because in her in her world of what they show, the lights go out. There's blackout. The girl who's supposed to be Ozma at this point, but isn't Ozma yet, comes to save her, brings her out, puts her in the crate, and sends her off to sea. And then all of a sudden, boom, she's in the sand, and you know. And there's the chicken. There she is. No, what's going on here? Felina's just there. It's like, how did the chicken just wind up in the crate? And I will say this, the whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, God, I want some Popeyes. <laughs> this movie made me hungry watching it like at 8 o'clock, and I'm like, God, I'm so hungry right now. Because they make the reference like, oh, we're going to cook you. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> well, like, and there's a lot of uh, connections between the way that they did this film with like connecting like how they had the characters before to then the characters in her mind. Yeah. They had like the little pail instead of mm-hmm. her basket. But it was always like this idea of like, you know, somehow she was going to get fed. Like in Oz, in the beginning, in Wizard of Oz with the original Dorothy Gale, it was the trees. You are trying to get apples from the trees. Well, in this one is like big giant lunch pails mm-hmm. coming from the tree with like sandwiches and everything. Pick a green. Don't pick a green one, Dorothy. <laughs> And then she goes down the the road, which is now all like messed up, and she kind of sees like what was her home before, which now that they're trying to rebuild her home in the, you know, in her real world, like, but it's been a long time. Like in her in her world, it's been like six months, mm-hmm. but she keeps like this whole time like, Annie talks about how like she just doesn't sleep. She's just. She doesn't sleep. All she talks about is Oz. Like, in her mind, it's like she just keeps wanting to go back there over yeah. and over. But it's like, how? How do I get back there? Like getting my brain erased mm-hmm. or attempted to be electroshocked. But uh, some of the trivia about this film is pretty interesting. The director, he never intended for the film to be viewed as a direct sequel, which it never should because, again, it's not. It's like 
Oz the Great and Powerful. It's like it's only in name is it related. Mm-hmm. But he intended it to be a partial sequel with some direct references, such as the slippers and the characters from the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was mainly um, – I thought I had it written down the novels he used. Maybe it was somewhere later. But anyway, uh, uh, but include uh, – why did I even put this on here? <laughs> Oh, oh, no, oh, it's because it was basically what we said earlier. The big misconception about this film, when I was a kid, I thought it was like this is a direct sequel. There's no like, you know, politi- or red tape behind the scenes to where this isn't a sequel. This is what happens after that. It's just different actors and all that. Mm-hmm. No, it's, but uh, because it's never intended to be that because it's different owners, I mean, between MGM and then Disney, uh, which is really what people believe uh, to be. That's why it's failed at the box office because a lot of older people knew it wasn't a sequel. But the younger people are like, oh, it's just, you know, the kids that grew up on, well, everybody kind of grew up on Wizard of Oz. That's a lot of the day because it's such an old movie. But, you know, when you're a kid, it's, you don't know all this shit. Well, that there's, no, this isn't a sequel. It's just the yeah. same thing. And also with this one, it's, the ages of Dorothy are very different. She goes from being what Judy Garland appeared as an older teenager to now a really young girl. Mm-hmm. And those scarecrow, tin man, cowardly line, they're not as prominent as like those are the characters in this one you have all these different characters so people who even though grew they're up on, basically amalgamations of the yeah, same I mean, they're, they're same kind of thing like tiktok would be what tin man is yeah. or jack Pumpkinhead yeah. is like scarecrow but some people they grow up so much on i am connected to this character mm-hmm. and i like the scarecrow and so it's it's just not the same same for them and, and like all the novel the numerous oz books there's such a plethora of characters to pull from too. You know, it's, it's. I'm glad that they. I'm glad that in this they didn't just. Oh, hey, I'm. The, it's, it's, I'm glad you're back, Dorothy. It's cool to have these other characters. I think that worked. I think that worked in its favor, because of the. And I'll, you know, the story of this movie is great. To me, it's just the dialogue and the pacing is just. Oh yeah. And the the, the nightmare fuel of half the movie. <laughs> oh, the way it starts. It it has such a interesting start to the film itself where it's not like it just goes right into Oz. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, we're we're in Oz again. Boom, we're not it, it has this this really nice growth into going into Oz with with that creepiness mm-hmm. to it where it's it kind of gives it that that feel of something is wrong, something has happened. Yeah, and going along the lines of how like MGM owns the Wizard of Oz, made the Wizard of Oz and then Disney does this. They had to pay royalties to MGM to use the ruby slippers in the movie because they weren't. That wasn't something from the novel, uh, the original book. They were uh, invented for the film to take advantage of the fact that color was a big thing. So they gave her ruby slippers in the book. She actually had, I think, a ruby down. Yeah, silver, uh, magical silver shoes. They were actually destroyed when she used them to return to Kansas. In the subsequent novel, Ozma of Oz, which is the first sequel. Uh, let me see. Friends meet the Gnome King. Blah blah. That's where they pulled a lot of it. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that's why the gnome king has the shoes in this one because he, you know, he's like, oh, these just fell from the sky. Yeah, you another did, disturbing thing about anymore. this film: the gnome king, you know, this rock thing, wearing lady shoes. But he, I mean, it technically he has to wear them because in order to have all that power over the Emerald City and be able to turn everything to stone, like that's where he got all that power. Where from the shoes, that's how he got to turn everything into emeralds. So. But it's like, you know, hey, what? You know what? If it's not Halloween, you don't <laughs> need to be wearing it. It's like, okay. Big stone man. Okay, somebody said, here's a pair of magical shoes that make you godlike, but they're like stripper heels. And you have to, you cannot take them off. 
Okay, well, then, of course, my first instinct would be like, okay, but then, like, uh, since I'm God, I was just like, oh, I'll make them converses. Like, no, you, like, you have to wear these ridiculous shoes to be all-powerful. It's like, eh, I don't know if it's worth it. <laughs> you gotta hold on to them just so no one else gets them. Yeah, cause, but then all your friends are like, hey, bro, nice shoes. <laughs> oh, I ain't heard that before. Then you kill them. Yeah, well, then it's like, <laughs> eventually you have nobody. You're just like, yeah. oh, these shoes. You change them. You change their thoughts. Well, then they're not really your friends. My question, and how to get them to get, you know... Just everyone's perception so of big. those shoes. It's probably like the Infinity Gauntlet. Like, <laughs> yeah. whoever yeah, puts it on, it just, like... <laughs> like... <laughs> but you'd think, like, if a dude puts them on, they'd, like, turn into, like, you know, boots or something. Yeah, like, not dude high boot. heels. Yeah, like... He's like... And it's so creepy. He's like, look what I got. And he, like, lifts up his uh, dress, which is his robe, you know, but it's like, oh, I've got the shoe with the bows and everything. Just like, whoa. And he's crazy to begin with, so it's just like, this dude is fucked up. And he's going like, oh, go in there and pick things, and you'll turn into one of my collections. Like, yeah, it's really just frightening, very frightening. Uh, this film does have a Guinness World Record. It is the uh, it is a sequel that was made the lo- made after the longest period of time after the original. It was original Wizard of Oz was released in 1939. This was released in 1985. Forty six years between the two. Wow. So. That's, I well, that could easily that. be broken yeah. by somebody. Let's do a sequel to Birth of a Nation. <laughs> That's an old one. Uh, so in that, it's a racist movie, but it's one of the first <laughs> films ever made. I forgot the director. It's very famous because it's so old. 1915, wow. Yeah. So in that aspect, they, they do consider it as as a sequel, even though it technically could I mean, be considered it, it, like not a... In my opinion, it's not a sequel. It's a movie based on the books, but it plays on the fact that the original movie exists. Oh, yeah, and Birth of a Nation, just so you know, here's how racist it is. At the end of the movie, guess who saves everybody? The KKK. (laughs) (laughs) D.W. Griffith, yeah, that's it. But it's a very, like, it's a very historical film because of being in the, you know, it was, I think it was the first full-length feature film, and it was like three hours long or some crap like that. It was... Whoa. Really? I mean, it was... I mean, for its time, it was a masterpiece. 165 minutes. Yeah. Jeez. In 1915. It's almost public domain, huh? <laughs> should be. 100 should years. Should be. Yeah, yeah, next year it should be 100 <laughs> public domain. Here we go. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, the movie's based on the second and third Oz books, The Marvelous Land of Oz and Ozma of Oz. Uh, let's see. Marvelous Land of Oz introduced Jack Pumpkinhead, Mombi, and her powder of life, uh, the conquest of the Emerald City, and the escape by flying Sofa in the search for Ozma from... Uh, Ozma of Oz comes the return of Dorothy, the talking chicken, the wheelers, the discovery of TikTok, uh, a different princess with interchangeable heads who is combined into Mombi, uh, the Gnome King, and the Ornament Room, which was, of course, the his prize thing where he made people go touch shit. Uh, this was pretty cool. Christopher Lloyd was considered for the role of the Gnome. gnome. I say that because it's actually, in the movie, it's N-O-M-E, not yeah. G-O-G-N-O-M-E. So it's Gnome. Uh, Alaska. Uh, Lloyd was considered for the role of Gnome King, which would have been pretty cool, while uh, Mary Steenburgen was considered to play Mombi. Weird. And actually, they were going to get Don Knotts originally to voice the chicken, which would have been way better than <sighs> Paula Dean, or whoever that woman is. Uh, and also, um, Dick Van Dyke was considered for Pumpkinhead, which would have been way better. <laughs> Still creepy, but not as creepy as uh, Brian Henson's Mom? Are you my mom? But uh, let's see. Uh, oh yeah, originally the scarecrow tune was when Cowboy Lion were gonna have more roles, more a more prominent role in the film. But budget costs kind of nipped that in the bud, and they were reduced to mere cameos, which is good because this makes it stand as a different movie than 
excuse me, relying more so on, oh, yeah, look, here's the scarecrow, even though he's creepy as hell. But the lion in this one was actually a lion, which was, I believe, in the original book, it was an actual lion. Yeah. Mm. You know, I mean, like, not like a humanoid-type lion, as in the movie, original movie, but an actual, well, in this meant one, to be like, a biological of, lion. All of those, like, the lion was a real lion, the, the Tin Woodsman was an actual, just, like, yeah, tin like with a, a, mechanical. Ca- like a cartoonish kind of face to him. And then the Scarecrow, even though it was a man's body, it was a really creepy, cartoonish kind of, yeah. just that would scare some fucking crows. face. Mm. So none of them were real people like in the, the, the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, which, of course, I mean, that version was a musical and you couldn't have a pet lion on stage, so to speak, like... Actually, that was a Scarecrow song, not the lion song. There we go. Now it's correct. Retconned right there. Bam. Live action. So what would you give this movie today, Melissa, revisiting it as an adult? Does it still hold up to you? I think, I mean, nostalgically, it still holds up for me. There are some things that just, as far as movies have per- progressed, mm-hmm. so to say, I'd still put it up there in, like, at least the 8, 8.5. I don't think I would put it at the top. Of course, it it still ranks within, like, my top five favorite movies of all time just because of its, mm-hmm. you know, nostalgic. The nostalgia factor. Yeah. Jesse, what would you give this horror? A two. Oh! <laughs> okay. Nah, nah. It's some parts are uh, stand out. And, it, you know, it got nominated for an Oscar. Oh, really? Vis- what was it? Uh, visual? visual effects. Oh, really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, best effects, yeah. Uh, so, and at the time, yeah, it, it's very interesting to look at for sure. So I'd give it about a six and a half. I put a seven. That's pretty much what I would give it as a kid. It was never like one of my favorites, but it always like it stayed with me. I always like, you know, like I said, the wheelers were terrified me, mm-hmm. and I always were just like, God, I remember that movie being so creepy, and then I'd see it again, like, yeah, it's creepy. So it, it was. I didn't never thought it was really great. I didn't like come out of the theater like, oh my god, this is so great. Uh, that was reserved for one year later when Willow came out, but uh, <laughs> and other movies, of course. I'm just picking, but um. This is a movie like, but revisiting it now to me, it's so much of it's so much of a better movie than it was when I saw it as a kid. Appreciating it more so as an adult because of the fact that this is a fucked up movie. Mm-hmm. When you really when you break this movie down, because the kid's not going to see it like that, but when you're an adult and you're watching it, you know this this movie had to inspire Fight Club. <laughs> In a sense, I mean, I'm, it's a stretch, believe me, I know, but it's it's that same thing. It's just like this movie. Is fucked up. If you think about it, that that time frame within the the eighties and things like with the labyrinth, mm-hmm. it has that kind of makes you wonder fantasy style. Yeah. Just anything that has to do with like take a book and make it real. You know, it's it's, it's fantasy. It's it's fairy tale. It's it's all these like things that you know could never possibly happen mm-hmm. in real life because it's all just a fantasy world but it's like that little moment of oh I have this hour and a half that I can be in like this world of Oz and it mm-hmm. all you know these are all like my friends on screen but it's like you know when you compare it to other similar like you were saying like you know you compare this to Labyrinth or Willow or uh, Legend for example this falls more on the Legend side of that Willow and Labyrinth are so much more happier if that makes any sense you know they're, they're a little more lighthearted. willow has some I mean, you got people getting killed in willow but it's still like 
it has a lighter tone. There's darkness in that movie, but it's you know the 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 brightness of the good characters outweighs the terror of the oh, yeah. bad. And this, this movie, it's all bad. This one does not have a single happy moment until Belina puts the chicken egg down Gnome King's throat, and the walls start crumbling, and boom, they're in this field, and the green light comes on the city, and voila, everybody's like gonna be saved. But up until that point, I mean, it's like run from Mombi, you know, survive the Gnome King, you know, don't get caught by the wheelers. Uh, everything it's is like this survival, terrifying. survival the whole time. Not like in Wizard of Oz where it's like, okay, well, yeah, we're trying to survive, but it's like I'm trying to make my way home. Yeah. This is like I better survive or I'm gonna die. Like, better make it like step by step. Like, Mombi's even telling Dorothy, like, I'm gonna lock you in my castle and take your head. And she's telling to an eight year old, it's like I'm gonna lock you up for a few years. And she's like, you're not. Not very pretty, but uh, you know, in a couple years, I might be able to use your head. Yeah, so let's go like, lock you up in the tower and, and chop off your head in a few years, and then you could be in my collection. <laughs> like that's a good thing. And it's so awesome, and especially when you watch it as an adult. And like they show that scene in the beginning where it has that the, the women dancing and they don't have any heads. And when you're watching, you get to mind like, oh shit, she cut off their fucking heads. Yeah, it's like that's this all those bitch women. This bitch is evil. You know, it's just like there's so much evil in this movie mm. and it's like even know, all the way legends kind of the same way but you know it's progressing mm. towards that movie's about light and darkness this movie's about hey this is a sequel to the wizard of oz kids come see it <laughs> even like the got gnome, you the gnome king goes and locks up mumby brings her into a cage and, and like where she was just a, a moment ago she was all power now it's like well now the gnome king's got you and now he's gonna make you suffer like the rest you see the gnome king represents dorothy's madness in the film it's all the personification of the internal struggle of her insanity made life inside her own mind it's the genius of the film eight thumbs up <laughs> but uh let's see uh, in the real world this released june 21st 1985 Six days before, Studio Ghibli, an animation studio founded in Tokyo, was created, which of course gave us such classics as Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away. And other movies. Howl's Moving Castle, I think, was a Ghibli film. I think, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was 85, almost 30 years ago when they started cranking out them things. Hmm. But uh, any final thoughts on Return to Oz before we take it back to the future? Nope. I think we've said enough. I think. Don't watch this with a young child in the room if you're revisiting it. You might not want to be waking up, woken up in the middle of the night because they wet the bed thinking Mombi was in their Mom? room. Mom? <laughs> that would be terrifying to me. Like, if I woke up and they're like, Mom? And, like, Jack's yeah. pumpkin is like, Mom? Like, oh, my God! <laughs> I wouldn't be scared if I woke up and TikTok was there, like, crying. Like, oh, oh TikTok, are you Okay. <laughs> I my actions wound down, and I wind him up, and he murders me. I will oh, never be yeah. terrified, and you know, I'll be like, "Oh, he ain't gonna hurt me." Smile on your face the whole time. Yeah, but the wheelies would be like, "Oh, Jesus Christ, let him get out, get out!" <laughs> you know, mom, like the, the whole scene where like the head gets like, it's like, and she's like, "Ooh, it's that's terrifying." Yeah. And she's in the, when she gets the power of life, and like, you know, she knocks over that tiny little bottle, and the the main head wakes up, and all the other ones are like, oh, "Wake up." Fucking terrifying. <laughs> and what she should have done was lock the case and then break the key off. Mm. It's like, fuck you, mommy. I don't understand why she didn't sleep with the head on in the first place. Maybe it's just not, maybe it falls off too yeah, easily from a horizontal oh, position. Comfortable. Yeah. yeah. And didn't, couldn't fa ever find the right head to sleep yeah. on. Well, no need for a pillow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know what? I think she had one on that bed, though, when she's <laughs> 
strangely enough. But uh, Back to the Future, uh, real quick, I ain't done much, but I did get the Ablo 3, the console version. Mm-hmm. It's pretty badass. Really? Yeah. I mean, I didn't play the PC version. Uh, I know it's gone through a lot of changes. It had a lot of things. The game evolved massively from when it was originally released. But uh, I used to, me and my friend, me and Jason and Cliff used to play a lot of uh, Champions of Norrath on PS2. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, wow, you could get four yeah. people with the multi-tap. Yeah. And you could all play on that one screen and you could even bring your characters on memory cards and yeah. co-op the whole game. It was amazing. So I always, I always love games like that. Dungeon, you know, ad- basically advanced gauntlet type games. Yeah. Dungeon Crawlers. And of course, that, of course, Diablo is all about the loot. Mm. And I mean, I was on earlier today between playing Final Fantasy because I'm getting burned out on that. But, uh, it's just you know got on Cliff's on, uh, Jason's on, Randall's on, just jumping the party together. They it's all seamless. If they're on, I see them on. I can just one pretty much one click to join a friend, mm. get all the party chat stuff. And one thing that's awesome about it is, is that the loot specific to your character, to where it's not like Champions of Norrath, like you kill something like oh a sword flies out, like oh shit we're both barbarians. I got it. Oh yeah, it's no good. You don't want it, and then you equip it like fuck yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> but uh, all the loot and the gold in this game is unique to your character. So there's no so it falls stealing on screen. Shit. Yeah. Only your stuff falls on screen. Yeah. Oh wow. So everybody gets something. Yeah. It's not like oh what'd you get you know which on one hand you know kind of takes away a little bit from that quest for loot because oh shit man you got it you know which, it's good awesome for you I'll get the neck you know whatever but uh, it also one of the biggest things that eliminates is the slowdown of like oh wait a second let me tr- let me drop this and let you get it I picked this up by yeah. my you know it, it keeps the game moving. Hmm. The only time I return to town is to sell shit. It's like you know, a modern day little league. Everybody gets a trophy. Yeah, which in a, in this sense it works. I'm not going to complain about it in this sense. In the real world, that should definitely not happen. But uh, yeah, it's and it's 1080p, 60 frames a second on PS4. I think it's the same on Xbox One. But huh. it's it's I was thinking about it. It's gorgeous. Is, is that the one that they have like the commercial for? It almost makes it feel like it's like starting a movie, and then all of a sudden, yeah. boom, it's Diablo Blizzard comes out. Like, yeah. I mean, when I saw the commercials even for it's like, gosh, this seems almost like picturesque like a, like a, yeah. a movie trailer and then all of a sudden it's like oh it's a game it's played Diablo 3 the original one Mm-mm. not at all uh, okay because I was wondering how it compares to PS3 versus PS4 oh like I know Randall did and he said that like uh, I didn't ask him too much about it I was just like how you like it said, oh it's so much better oh really so that's that's all I can answer that question because I got Diablo 3 and I didn't get through like but one or two levels mm-hmm. it's I mean honestly it's not a game I could ever play by myself okay. for longer than 10 minutes you know like because, and I'm probably not going to play. Because all you do is, you know, you just walk around. The story's not nothing special. Right. But, I mean, the, you know, the enemies, I mean, it, it's all about the fun of playing. To me, that type of game is meant to play with other people. Yeah. And all that stuff. And just get better, better loot as you keep playing, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I'll play it by myself when nobody else is on. I'm like, all right, I, you know, I progressed a little bit. I'll walk to town. I'm done. Yeah. But then, like, oh, shit, you know, there are three other people are on. Yeah. You know, kick that thing up to torment difficulty. You know, and have a blast with it uh but you know it's kind of a drought right now at games even uh until we get into pretty much next month in october is kind of when well, actually a lot of stuff no a lot of stuff got pushed back i think arkham knight got pushed back i know evolve got pushed back uh i think the biggest thing coming out before the end of the year now is probably the halo collection which i don't care about because i don't have an xbox one yeah i'm not buying one for it because i don't think that's oh that destiny thing I oh oh you're, how can i forget that i mean that that is the biggest game coming out <laughs> that, and that comes out next week that, or week after next that's the say. one that had the commercial i've been seeing so many commercials it's for all these people. games where the little guys on the the i don't know what they call it but he's on the, 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 ride, the little but <laughs> mm-hmm. and the, the girl's like you know you can shoot right 
Yeah. And then he just drives <laughs> off and does a shit. I'm like, God, that's soon. Yeah, to about two weeks, isn't it? September 11th Ninth. or something, yeah. But it looks Eight really days. nice. Yep, Holy I'll get crap. to play it for like one day and then off on a vacation, can't play it for three weeks. We'll drop it off over here. <laughs> <laughs> if you just bring it, make sure it's back in my house. See, those I'm are the back. kind of games that I, I would, that. I would like so watching it, it played. Like, like, I mean, I like watching them played. I don't think those that feel I like would Diablo play. to me. Like, if I'm not, it, in it the basically group. is. It's, I mean, no disrespect to it. I thought it was awesome. It's fun to play, but it's basically Borderlands, which is basically first person Diablo. Yeah, I mean, that's breaking it down to its base. I just wouldn't feel like I'm having fun unless I'm playing with somebody. Oh yeah, like I mean, in playing Destiny too, like in the off Alpha and the Beta, it's just like the fun exponentially. It's a different game with more people because you're by yourself. You're it's first person shooter. Yeah. Gorgeous looking first person shooter. Hmm. You know, and your level it has that level progression, so you feel like you are progressing in the game. But it's 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 meant to be. It's like Borderlands when you play more, when, more, when you play by yourself. Just like eh, funny story, worth it for the story. When you play with other people, you're like, I just don't want to get up. swatted on, you know. <laughs> Google it, kids. Watch the video. It's pretty Swatting. crazy and awesome. Yeah, but I forgot about Destiny. Yeah, I just saw the Legend of Korra. And then up I know there. Dragon Age comes out the, in October too, which I'm really excited about. Awesome. Yeah, that one I will get. And that has a multiplayer aspect too, which a lot of people were like, "Oh, that's fucking stupid." But like. I don't Are you mind crazy? It if it's still good? Yeah, I mean, it's like a lot of people, like Mass Effect 3, when they said it's going to have multiplayer, I was like, okay, as long as, you know, I wasn't like, oh, this is stupid. I'm just like, as long as it works out, as long as it works right with the series, it's going to be awesome. And in my opinion, Mass Effect 3 multiplayer was fucking awesome because you had the benefit of your characters. It's not on this list. Hey, oh, it better not have got pushed back. There's more Grand Theft Auto the coming name? out? I thought they be, just had one. Dragon Age, right? Yeah, Dragon Age Awakening, I think, or Inqu- no. No, it's three something. It, no, it is Inquisition. It is Inquisition, oh, right. yeah. Awakening was the expansion, I think. Well, okay. coming release date, October 7th. Thank God. That's probably... I mean, I'm going to play the shit out of Destiny, but I cannot wait for Dragon, the new Dragon Age. Bioware, they've done... This, what, whatever people want to say about the ending of Mass Effect 3, it, it had to... You can't tell a story with like an ending that can be as infinite as that. Wait, November 18th. What? Yeah, according to this. PlayStation 3, 4. Oh, well. I mean, as long as it's this year. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the main thing that matters. But, uh, yeah, if you have any questions or want to tell us your most terrifying moment from Return to Oz, uh, send us an email at 80srevisited at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter and the interwebs at Awesome Pods. Uh, don't forget about the other shows that make up the very network of the awesome podcasts, such as Geekly Dose, Dual Attack, Just Essentially Podcast. Why don't you know this? Republic City Report. And who knows what the future holds. Mm-hmm. But uh, And also, the, we're 95 episodes in, ladies and gent. So, you know, check out the other 94 if you haven't. If you're a new listener, welcome. Uh, check that out. And then next week, what we've all, well, what I've been waiting for all year, <laughs> the start of our third annual Hellish Halloween Hoedown kicks oh. off. Leading up to our 99th episode, and oh, which is our precursor to our 100th episode. Spectacular, spectacular. So next, just watch us on Facebook. I'll post another cryptic image of the Halloween movies like I do every year because it's the funnest time of the year. That's right. Christmas is overrated. Halloween's the most wonderful. <laughs> but until then, we'll see you next time. I'm Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. And our special guest. Melissa Sedgley. Cowabunga! Yep. Dorothy! 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 Oh, the
on facebook.com slash awesomepods and follow us on twitter at awesomepods. 